Okay, so in this episode of the Leader Smith Podcast, I'm going to be talking about the connection between employee engagement and employee wellness. It's going to be really interesting. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leader Smith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so today I'm going to be going over a article in Forbes by Naj Beheshti. It's the 10 timely statistics about the connection between employee engagement and wellness. Now, this article, interestingly enough, was written about two years ago. So it was before COVID struck us. So some of the um, statistics that you'll see will be either diminished or amplified. But I think it gives you a good understanding about at least how things were before COVID hit, about how engaged employees act or you know how, how they feel. So we're talking about employee engagement and wellness. Employee engagement has ticked up this again, two years ago, this is before COVID, has ticked up to 34%. Now that that should scare you, right? Because two thirds before COVID, two thirds of employees were essentially checked out or not fully engaged. So that's kind of a scary statistic to start with. Um, Healthy and engaged employees are the way that things get done. Sometimes we think we want to measure like how much time is your butt in your chair. That's the wrong approach. By any means, that's the wrong approach measure how engaged they are. Okay, so here are the statistics. Number one, highly engaged teams show 21% greater profitability. So yeah, stop measuring time on task or or looking over their shoulder. Get them engaged. If they're motivated, if they have ownership, they will be more profitable. Okay. Um, the author says, why are engaged teams more profitable? Those teams who score in the top 20% in engagement realize a 41% reduction in absenteeism and 59% less turnover. So if they show up every day because they're motivated, they don't hate their jobs, they're, they're actively looking forward to it, they're going to be more profitable. This just stands to reason. Okay, number two, 89% of HR leaders agree that ongoing peer feedback and check-ins are key for success outcomes. Okay, so feedback, getting, you know, if you get feedback on your work, you know how to make course corrections and adjust and you just feel like you're making progress. Feedback and recognition always have to be related to what the organization's trying to do, their goals, their mission, their purpose. And if you can tie that together, if you can give it regularly, I don't mean once a year regularly, I mean ongoing regular feedback, you're going to see great things happen. Number three, employees who feel their voices heard are 4.6 times more likely to feel empowered to perform their best work. So this only stands to reason, right? If you feel heard, you you feel like you want to contribute. I mean, that's the way it works. Look, if I bring my uh, an idea, a good idea, a well-done idea to my boss, the director of the graduate programs uh, in the College of Business at CSU, if I bring him an idea, the next day he tells me what happened. I, Darren, hey, look, you brought me this idea. I implemented it already, whatever. I'm bringing him more stuff because he does that, right? What happens if you don't do that? If I don't hear about it for months? Well, if I don't hear about it for months, apparently you don't want any more ideas. So I stop bringing it to you. It's just normal human incentives. 
Okay, number four, 96% of employees believe that showing empathy is an important way to advance employee retention. Okay, this is just simple emotional intelligence. And it goes on, she, I'm going to quote now, she says, employees are nearly unanimous in agreeing on the importance of empathy, yet 92% feel empathy remains undervalued. Moreover, while 92% of CEOs feel their organization is empathetic, only 50% of employees say that their CEO is empathetic. So there's this disparity between the employees and the CEO. Okay, number five, disengaged employees cost U.S. companies up to $550 billion a year. And this is a report by the Engagement Institute. Okay, the majority of respondents are not fully engaged. Okay, now you can be engaged because the mission is so compelling because you have trusted friends at work and friends at work is a really big factor uh, because your job is just such an, an enjoyable job. So you can be engaged for all kinds of reasons. You can pull a number of levers to get people engaged at work and you should be trying to pull all those levers. Number six, 61% of employees are burned out on the job. Okay, now, so this was a career builder survey um, on stress in the workplace. Also found 31% report extremely high stress levels at work beyond the burnout. So, um, and then what does this look like in physical health? And I think this is amplified by COVID. So uh, remember this, th these studies, all these studies, and the authors drawing on different studies, but all of them were pre-COVID. Now, during COVID, how much more is that 61% of burned out amplified? Physical health, uh, it looks like fatigue, aches and pains, weight gain, and mental health, it looks like depression and anxiety and anger, and all of this is going to have been magnified by COVID. So it's far worse than what it was in the statistics that was reported here. Okay, uh, number seven, 89% of workers at companies that support well-being initiative are more likely to recommend their company as a good place to work. Well, that makes sense. If you take care of me, well, I want to bring other people here. I've said this for years, and you probably heard this before, but look, the way that this works is if you show me that you have my back, you get my heart. And what I mean by that is that that's the engagement. That's the empowerment. You have my back. You show me, you prove to me that you're on my side, that you're not going to throw me under the bus when it just makes a, a few extra dollars for you. And I will be there for you and I'll work hard to make you look good, but you have to prove it to me. Okay. I got to keep moving. The author says, in organizations where employees do not view leadership as committed to their well-being, only 17% would recommend the company as a good place to work. Okay, look, 17%, if you don't, 89% of workers where they do. So you tell me, and, and if we know that engagement is a key leading indicator for profitability, that right there, 17 to 89% tells me this is the place where you spend your time and your effort. Okay, number eight, 70% of employers have improved their physical environments to encourage healthy behaviors. And this is from a Willis Towers Watson survey uh, or research. And yeah, I mean, if they, they do things like add healthy foods uh, to the break rooms, they have uh, ergonomic designs for the workstations. They care about those kind of things, even lighting. And lighting may be snicker because that goes back to the Hawthorne effect. What we found in the early 20th century in the Hawthorne study, 
studies was, hey, if we're listening to employees, trying to hear them, trying to, to see what works and what doesn't work, that is going to create engagement, which creates greater productivity. So we've known this for almost a century, but many companies are still lagging behind. Okay, number nine. 61% of employees agree that they have made healthier lifestyle choices because of their company's wellness programs. And this is from an Aflac study. Uh, and so, look, I don't really like the um, the wellness program that makes me put in, you know, how many miles I walked or how much, uh, you know, did I eat a healthy breakfast today or whatever. But these kind of things are geared to cause you to make better decisions. Now, that's good for the bottom line, but it's also good for your health. And when we compare those two, uh, when you pair those two in as painless a way as possible, everybody wins. If it's really laborious, it just becomes another thing to gripe about. But if you can pair these two so that in the same way that when you're in my class, you want the letter grade, I want the learning. And if we can pair the letter grade and the learning together, everybody wins. Okay. Um, number 10. Oh, by the way, before I go from that, now number nine, millennials are the ones more than any other group that really look at wellness. So if you're trying to hire millennials, pay attention to this. They are going to decide whether they take the job or whether they stay at the job based on wellness programs as one of the highest factors. Okay, number 10, 87% of employees expect their employer to support them in balancing work and personal commitments. And this is from a Glassdoor survey. And I think this is kind of a new trend where uh, for um, you know, millennials and Gen Z, as they're starting to rise into the workplace, are really much more aware of it than previous generations. So that's a brief overview of employee wellness and how it's tied to profitability. Now, this made me think of a great quote by Simon Sinek. And he said this, when people are financially invested, they want to return. When people are emotionally invested, they want to contribute. Hey, look, if you want the best out of your people, show them that you care. Show them that you're there for them. Prove it in your actions. I mean, the ergonomic workstation is just a very simple thing, but it goes a long way to get people to be like, yes, the boss actually cares about me, right? I can't tell you how important it is that if you want higher productivity, have their back and you'll get their heart <laughs> and they'll be productive for you. Hey, listen, thank you for your time, and I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.